podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, man? Uh, not much, and I'm pretty excited that I may sound different to our listeners consuming our hashtag content uh, tonight because I'm speaking into a microphone for the first time. I feel like I'm listening to NPR right now. <laughs> wow, this that's... is incredible. This is I, I, like, what are you in a recording studio? I, I did. I built a booth uh, with no with no crying Jordan face, like your little booth. <laughs> I was so I was telling Denny before the podcast started that I'm I'm not using the booth this week. Um, <laughs> the, the cardboard box with with the cushion around it uh, because I re- like last week while we were doing the show. Um, I actually, I realized like towards the end that my head was basically just inside the, the box. When I was, so I couldn't like, we, you know, we have notes and stuff. Like we're not that good at podcasting. So like, I, I want to like look at my notes that I have in this word doc and I can't even look at my computer because my head is inside this cardboard box. Oh my God. You really were like the crying Jordan in there. Like if I'm just, I'm just picturing like, <clears throat> like someone having a camera taking a picture from inside the box towards my face and then crying Jordan that that would that would be unbelievable <laughs> that's so good yeah you know listen i i listened to last week's episode and i just it really sounded like i was calling from the bottom of a garbage can <laughs> right uh you know and 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 uh or or it sounded like i was broadcasting from my mother's basement and that's not fair because i haven't lived in my mother's basement for over 18 months so that yeah there you go right that's, that's not that's not not fair you needed that new mic to, to prove mm-hmm. that, you, that you weren't in your mother's basement anymore. <laughs> um but yeah it's been a it's actually been a pretty eventful week uh f- because we've been getting all these applications uh for the fantasy football league uh the 12 team league that we're doing but i have an announcement to make denny okay i have an announcement to make What's and that? you don't even know you don't even know about no this i don't what is this <laughs> So the twelve-team league is now becoming a fourteen-team league. Okay, not only because we have well over a hundred applications that we have to sift through, but and so look, guys, we got a lot of a lot more applications. Like I didn't think that people were gonna. I thought that people were gonna degaff about this league, but they gaffed. Yeah, Um, they they gaffed, And, and some of the some of the applications are like I've been. There have been some answers to the questions that I literally started crying of laughter. <laughs> no, you're, you're like, actually you're in the crying emoji face. Oh, oh, it was it, yeah, like real life crying emoji faces. It's just unbelievable. Some of the stuff that you guys are coming up with, it just goes to show once again that we have the smartest, wittiest, funniest uh, listeners out there. Yeah. But big announcement is uh, it's no longer a twelve team league. It's a fourteen team league, which means there's additional people. But instead of Two additional people. There's one additional person because one of the spots is actually filled. Uh, earlier today, I confirmed that Hollywood Tom Everett Scott <laughs> is going to be in our league. Amazing. Very Amazing. That. Very excited about that. So not only do you get to play with uh, Denny and I, that's that's not fun. You get to play with, with the, the star of that thing you do. 
Yeah, among among other uh, 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 various Hollywood projects, where they, that's such a big deal. That's great. I mean, yeah, wow, wow. I I uh, <clears throat> I do wonder if he is uh, used to uh, Hollywood money being on his uh, fan, in, you know, in his fantasy league. Because I don't think we can really match that part of it. But you know, everything else, I think we can meet his expectation. For for the record, the one question uh, of when people when when I when we asked who should replace you. Uh, as my co-host, <laughs> Tom is probably a top three answer. All right, and my dad, my dad, your dad, one. your dad is one. Uh, Jeff Fisher's been pretty common, um, which would be fun for me to to host a show with Jeff Fisher. I'd be down with that. Well, it, listen, it's good to know that at least one of those is a joke, <laughs> but but the other two are dead serious suggestions. Like like no, oh, I would do, dude. I'm, I like if if Tom approached me and hit me up on Twitter or whatever, and he's like, look. <laughs> you know, like this is the season that I want to be your co-host. Yeah. I would, I would have to make that phone call to you, Denny. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't blame you. You know, I mean, I, I just feel like it's a matter of time at this point. And my, you know, my dad, my dad said the other day he would gladly step in, uh, and, uh, and say that, uh, you know, he would take my spot. So, well, we, we actually, we got to get your dad back on because that, um, you know, we asked what the favorite moment was and that's easily, easily, easily the, the top thing. Another one, that, another one that popped up a lot was me, me claiming that I could be Justin Perillo in a foot race. <laughs> Which, which in hindsight is just such a terrible idea. But if I was thinking earlier today, I think I was like brushing my teeth thinking this. Like, how awesome would it be if I stalked him and, and they were like in, like if they were in Carolina or something, mm-hmm. which they were last season, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I just approached him and I'm like, look, dude, here's the situation. And I would tell him and I could get a film of me beating, whooping his ass in a race. All right. Let's just settle down. You know, dude, he's such a dad. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about a dad move? Uh, my dad, when he upon hearing about the Rams big you know, trade for the number one pick in the, in, yeah. the, in the draft. Uh, he called me, and you know, look at we've we've established dads love Jeff Fisher, right? Oh, love him. Yeah. Okay. my dad, my dad definitely loves him. Right. I mean, my dad loves loves his style. You know, loves his right. '90s style. Loves that he dyes his hair and his mustache and everything. You know, so yep. uh, um, <laughs> so my dad said, hey, you know what great coaches do? They're aggressive, and that's what we have here. <laughs> we have an aggressive coach. He's going after it. He doesn't care. I was like, Dad, the, you you know what? He could have traded down. He could have traded out of the first round completely, and you would have been like, "That's that's a smart move." Right, right. You know? No matter no matter what he does, it's just you know I, I tweeted about it earlier today. It's a shame that Carson Wentz and, and Goff both have to Ugh. have to go eight and eight for the rest. Of, one of them have to go probably Goff have to go eight and eight for the rest of their career. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe nine and seven one day. You you don't know. You don't know. Maybe. Maybe that was a, pr- a pretty crazy trade, though. It's very good for for the brand, though, to be able to um, make fun of Jeff Fisher and and it be a, a very uh, popular thing to talk about. Oh, it's a very this is this is a very important day for you. Yeah, prime time, man. Prime time Fisher giffing. It's, it's great. I love <laughs> Fisher it. Giffing. Man, the one the one with the black background, like the dark background. Oh, they, all of those. That is that's amazing. I mean, that is what is that from? There's just this video. I can't remember what the video is called. Um, blanking, but you can see it because I, I I gift all of them off of YouTube, right? Right. And so like I just would go through every YouTube video I could possibly find of Jeff Fisher, and I found one. Uh, I can't remember what it's called though, but um, that's also where where I got the zoom in Jeff Fisher, the one like one of. So like, look, I send some really really bad tweets that like hit and miss a lot. Okay, 
uh, like a lot, and sometimes I have to delete them because I'm so embarrassed by them. Oh, I've deleted. I've deleted horrible jokes. Have you never deleted a horrible joke before? I've sent out a. Actually, no. You have to. You just. You don't care. Jay, like, does, does it look like it? Have you seen my my Twitter? <laughs> yeah, you, tell me you definitely don't. There's no way you do. No, I'll like. I'll send it. Like, I'll be typing out a joke, and I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna hit so well. And then like five minutes later, it's got nothing. I'm like, screw this. I can't have this up in my Twitter account <laughs> that's anymore. Great. Man, that's so uh, funny but, to me because but, I, I that's like every tweet for me. I, I said, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the one. <laughs> and then I get nothing, nothing. And I'm like, oh well, what are you going to do? And then like, and like 15 minutes later, someone will be like, this is horrible. Delete your account. Right. Right. I'll get like, I'll get like two likes, like just some rant, like, but it's the people that just like everything that I say. Like, like I can tweet anything and the same people will like them. So it doesn't really give me the, the confidence boost that I need to be, uh, to, to be any sort of funny. But I have to say, I had to say there are, there are likes and then there are likes, right? On, on yeah, Twitter. Right. I mean, right. there's there some where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I got a little affirmation there. You know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about that. But then there's some where you're like, whoa, wait, that, that person, what? Right. That person liked this tweet. Well, it must have been pretty good. Hmm. Can you can you pinpoint like your your most like what you think are your funniest and most popular tweets you've ever sent? Oh man. Uh. Well, the uh, the one. <laughs> There's so that, many of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> There, there are six over the last four years that are that were good. Uh, the one that got a thousand retweets was the one where I took a a, a picture of my TV when PFT commenta- uh, commenter was yeah. was on MSNBC. He was in the background holding a sign that said "Is Joe Flacco elite?" And, nice. and it was at oh, you know what? It was at the first GOP debate back in August. Nice. And I tweeted nice. that out, and then it just it just went on. It went crazy. And, right. uh, uh, yeah, that was prob- probably my best tweet. Of course, it was not really my tweet. It was just a picture of somebody else's <laughs> cool idea. I think – so I, there's there's three that popped to mind for me. One of them was – it was uh, one where – do you remember when Kirk Cousins knelt on the ball instead of spiking it earlier this season? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It, last season. And I tweeted that Kirk Cousins put the cereal in the refrigerator and the milk in the pantry but on the football field, and that got retweeted a lot. But then, yeah, I remember that, yeah. But then, and then there was the Jason Witten lawnmower one. <laughs> but the the reason I bring this up is because uh, I I I say this as arrogant as possible because this is one of the best tweets I've ever I've ever sent. It was the uh, the Jeff Fisher gif of of it zooming in on his face mm-hmm. where he where it just gets closer and closer to him, and the caption said, "Blink once if you want to go eight and eight forever." <laughs> <laughs> and he and he blinks once, and it's just it's it's the most perfect. It's the I should have deleted my account after I sent that tweet. That was I'm no, I'm, that a, was, I'm really a bad tweeter, but that, that was that, to go felt, out on. Oh, dude, I felt it's like getting a hole in one. I would just leave the clubs in the course, walk away, and done. Absolutely, you throw the clubs in the water, and you and you right. go you go get drunk in the clubhouse. <laughs> that's that's, what, that's not. I, instead of throwing the clubs in the water, I would throw my laptop out the window and just go downstairs and, and start <laughs> crack a beer. Just right. finished. I'm done. Your wife my would be like, would be like "Why is this?" Yeah, my neighbors are like, "Why is this laptop in the front yard all broken in pieces?" I'm like, "Look, go check my Twitter account." <laughs> oh, JJ must have sent a good tweet. He he threw that <laughs> right, out the right, window obviously. again. <laughs> yes, yes. I have like 45 laptops just sitting in my front yard. <laughs> oh man. Actually, it was more like three because I've only sent three good tweets, not four. So I think the the key the key to good tweeting, and trust me, I know this, okay, because I am a good tweeter. 
Mm-hmm. I'm really not. But the um, is not caring. You can't care. No, actually, if you guys haven't listened to Matt Harmon's podcast, Denny was on it this past week, so skip that episode. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm totally just kidding. Um, if you haven't listened to Harmon's podcast, listen to it because a lot of times, and he, he brings it up, he brought it up both for you and me, Denny, how um, like it's really important to not just only talk about football really on your yeah. Twitter account. And I don't mean like getting necessarily into like really serious stuff like religion and politics, um, although you get into politics. Um, I, it's it's more so just like showing that you're fun, that you're not a douchebag, and that you don't just sit there and think about football all day long, and that you're, you know, it, it's just an important aspect of things. So, if anyone ever gets like ang- like if I ever get stick to football tweets, I'm, oh. I I like f that. Oh like, no, it, that's the Stop. worst. It's so insulting, right? Right. It's like what? No, I'm a human. I I want to have fun. Uh, yeah, I'm not your I'm not your clown. Like I'm not I'm not the I, I'm not the court jester. I, I I joked on Matt Harmon's show that even when I send a serious tweet, like if I find a stat or a number that's like really enlightening that I think is good, I'll, I'll tweet it out, and then I'll get I'll still get I'll still get uh, you know joke joke responses like like you know LOL delete your account or like or like you're the worst or unfollowing, and yeah, I'm like no wait what no I was trying to be serious and they they're having none of it. You know, so it's like, you know, the stick to football thing is like, you know, you you are here in my life for one purpose, and that is right. to feed me information about football. I, I legitimately laughed out loud whenever that, I tweeted about that whenever whenever yeah. uh, I first heard it. It's so funny that 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 that's the reaction that people have. It's like, like, you could you could be like dying. Oh, right. oh well. <laughs> Delete your account, Denny. I could tweet. I could tweet. My wife left me, and people, <laughs> people would be like, "Oh my god, you're the worst!" Or <laughs> delete your. My wife left me. Delete your account. <laughs> or is this account still active? Why? You know. Uh, I'm. I'm like. Like I don't even want to talk about our podcast. Like what we're going to talk about on the podcast yet? Because the other, another thing that happened on Twitter this week was was the, the Rotopat hair. Uh, uh, debacle with Terrence Knighton. That was yeah. one of the funniest things that I've seen on Twitter in a while. Yeah. So can you? Are we going to talk about that now? Sure. Yeah. I mean, basically, he talked junk, and not talked junk. He was just kind of talking about like the the Patriots' moves of some sort, I believe. And mm-hmm. then basically, Terrence Knighton uh, came back making fun of of Pat's uh, hair, his avatar. I wish I had the tweet in front of me. Uh, but it was just, it's just hilarious that right, like, right. like that, that would happen. Like that would spark something. Like what the hell? Well, Terrence Knight was, was joke was, was like joking about something to do with a prank or something with his teammates or something like that. Right. It, it mean, basically just being kind of goofy and, and, uh, Pat, uh, uh, comment kept um, quote retweeting him. Right. Uh, and, and then, right. uh, he came back at him and said something about his hair and then something about his bangs. Is that right? Yeah. I, I although it, I think that the bangs thing might've been, um, Oh, another person maybe, but, right. but anyway, here's, here's my, I just want to just give my quick take, uh, on, uh, <clears throat> on Pat's, uh, hair situation. I, I have seen Pat several times, uh, say that he is always in desperate need of a haircut. And I think we've all known that guy, you know, I think like we knew that guy in high school where it's like, good Lord, dude, like, you know, you should have got a haircut like two months ago and you still haven't. What's wrong with you? Right. So, but here's the thing. His hair appears to be in his avatar, very 
uh, thick and possibly very nice. So, right. Pat, if you if you want to, I believe you could have hashtag elite hair. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The the tweet, by the way, that started things a little like so basically. Pat said, I just meant marshmallow gun because he made some joke about a marshmallow gun. And Belichick uh, doesn't mix because there was something with this marshmallow gun. I can't remember exactly what was going on. Um, oh, because he said that he should just cut Terrence Knight now. Uh, whatever. Regardless, he said, he said, I just meant marshmallow gun and Belichick don't seem like they mix. Dot, 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 dot. To which Terrence Knighton said, you and that haircut don't mix. Oh but dot, dot, dot. So then right after that, I actually went to Photoshop instantly and I crying Jordan, <laughs> Pat's avatar, <laughs> like, a, like a huge douche and just tweeted, am I right, Terrence, with the, with the, uh, with the crying Jordan on, on top of Pat? I well, felt really bad. So Pat, if, if you're listening, I do apologize for doing that to you. You can totally get me back someday. And then today, Pat was getting all kind of crap because he wrote his GM article on Roto World that he does every year, yeah. ranking the GMs. And he just gets, I mean, that's just asking for, for trash in your mentions. And he knows that because he gets trashed every year for it. Um, but he was getting so destroyed. I just, for, for every troll that he was retweeting, I just wanted to send the crying Jordan <laughs> avatar picture just to like feed the trolls oh, more. But I didn't. I refrained. Uh, by the way, you did a really good job with that crying Jordan because you, you like put the hair, like it looked like a toupee on top of the <laughs> right. Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I had to keep the integrity of the hair because that was and what that, the joke was all about. And that was funny. Yeah, so I, just just to get way too serious about the hair one more time, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is so it uh, my my hair would actually do the exact my hair would just fall flat on my face all day every day and there's nothing I could do about it if I didn't get texture cut into it right mm. so you have to ask the person who's cutting your hair please put texture into my hair. Usually they use a different kind of scissor. Yeah, I, no, I've, no, you're talking about like the, the shears things that they, like the, the ones that are jagged. Yeah, and, and, right. And they cut your hair in a different, in a different way, even with the regular scissors. I, you know, I don't know the technicalities, obviously, but. I mean, at, but, well, at, at Great Clips, Denny, at Great, no, I mean, okay. now I just kind of get my whole head shaved because I don't trust that you put Great Clips with scissors. It's probably a good call, yeah. Yeah, just let it grow out for a couple. So, yeah. So, hey, listen, uh, uh, Pat, I believe you could have fantastic hair. Don't listen to Terrence Knighton. And also, pre-write the Roto World blurb in which Knighton is cut by the Patriots in August, please, because that's happening. Yes. Yeah, that would, that's actually going to be one of the most epic days in Roto World history. Yeah. <laughs> it really will. Really will. All right, Denny, let's talk football. Let's, let's, get, let's get out of it. Right. We've been talking about this for like 20 minutes now. Um, okay. If you skip to this point, High-level stuff. We got Tom Everett Scott in the league, and Roto-Pat is going to get some help with his hair. There you go. Uh, and we're both bad at Twitter. Terrible. Um, so last week, we looked at some players that we got excited about after what happened over free agency. So naturally, because we got to fill an entire summer's worth of podcasts, we're going to talk about uh, guys that, uh, in the opposite side of the spectrum, guys who... Uh, saw their situations worsen mm -hmm. after free agency. It doesn't have to necessarily just be a free agency move, but just things that happened over the offseason that now we're not as optimistic about their outlook. So why don't you start it off, Denny? Who's a guy that you're looking at and you're not feeling as good about as you were maybe in January? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, I, I really, I was not on the TJ Yeldon bandwagon last year uh, in any way, shape, or form. 
And I'm not saying that I was absolutely right because I think he did have some fantasy, you know, utility uh, in his rookie season. But uh, his redraft price, uh, if I remember correctly, was just a little it, it was just too high for for my liking. So um, I passed on on him everywhere. But, uh, you know, it was shaping up to for him to have the backfield to uh, to his own again. Uh, th- this year until Chris Ivory was signed by Jacksonville, um, I think at, right at the beginning of um, free agency. Um, and I know, look, at th- that that signing and the fantasy impact has been broken down 40 different ways um, over the past month. So I'm not going to bring any any you know shocking thing to this conversation. Uh, I, I Except for, I would say that... Uh, <clears throat> I learned something today from Big Cat Country, which is the Jaguars uh, um, blog that tracks the the team, and uh, I think I think is one of the better team blogs out there. Um, it's it it falls under the umbrella uh, of that of that large corporation that has all the fan sites. But anyway, SB <clears throat> Nation. There you go, SB Nation. Um, and I just wanted to read an excerpt from a piece that they wrote uh, on Chris Ivory and his possible place. Uh, in the in the Jaguars offense, uh, they said that you know Jaguars general manager Dave Caldwell uh, he says sings the beautiful tune of a 50-50 system, a, a fairy tale that features team cornerstone T.J. Yeldon and budding star Chris Ivory together in an evenly split, perfectly fair, seamlessly productive cooperation. Caldwell has alluded to a two-back system for quite some time, something uh, a team needs to to maintain consistent production in today's NFL. Uh, they, and then big cat country goes on to say, but it's safe to say, uh, it probably won't look anything like, like the role that Ivory had, um, during his, um, final season in New York for the jets. So, right. um, I, I find it impossible to overlook the signing as just, you know, just, uh, just adding depth. Right. I mean, right. is that, do you, do you feel similar here? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think this the, the realistic like the way we have to look at running back situations in the NFL now is that I mean, you kind of need two backs in order to to be to have a successful running game. That goes for literally every team. Uh no matter who's in that backfield, whether it's Adrian Peterson, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, having that extra player uh is super super needed. And I think in the case of Jacksonville, you have you know, TJ Yeldon is going to struggle to hit that 200 carry mark. Definitely going to struggle. Uh, and he already was not scoring touchdowns last year for a lot of reasons. Um, I, I think Yeldon's going to probably be the main, the, the primary pass catching back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that he'll have some value. To me, Yeldon screams uh, the kind of guy, kind of a zero RB back, where Chris Ivory gets hurt. Chris Ivory, something happens to Chris Ivory. Yeah. Uh, TJ Yeldon all of a sudden becomes someone that's that's pretty intriguing, um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's not as though this Jaguars offense is as well oiled as a lot of people think that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to be as optimistic. Even if Chris Ivory weren't in the picture, I wouldn't even be optimistic about TJ Yeldon to begin with. Right. Uh, I looked at uh, both of these running backs' uh, fantasy points per touch last year, and they were actually pretty close uh, to each other, which I, I was a little surprised. I thought Ivory, just just at first blush, I thought Ivory would be uh, uh, much more efficient. He had uh, he averaged 0. 0.75 <clears throat> fantasy points per touch in 2015. Yeldon averaged uh, 0. 0.71 uh, points per touch last year. Uh, and the 0. 0.71 mark 
was Ivory's mark in 2014. So uh, efficiency-wise, they're not you know worlds apart. Uh, but I also think that just just on a on a like a higher level here, um, I think this could you know the I- Ivory signing and the Jaguars talking about the running game could be the first uh, sort of disappointing step in um, making the Jaguars less fun from a fantasy standpoint, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, there's there's gonna be there's gonna be issues with Bortles for from a regression standpoint. I mean, a guy with the touchdown rate that he had. I mean, for instance, I wrote an article on him earlier this season. Of the 27 quarterbacks that threw, have thrown 35 or more touchdowns in NFL history, that excludes the guys that did that this past season because there are a handful of them. Uh, the next year, only three of them threw more than 35 touchdowns. Wow. Um, so, I mean, Bortles naturally is not going to throw 35 touchdowns this season. Uh, and with the signing of Ivory, with a hopefully improved defense – game script might not get as out of control as it did last season. So just in general, I think the only, to me, the only Jaguars offensive piece that I'm like, not, not even necessarily excited about, but like, I, I think that should be rostered because he's good as Allen Robinson. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, obviously the asking price for Allen Robinson is going to skyrocket compared right, to last right. year. Um, you, I, I mean, the Jags, the Jags last year reminded me uh, a lot of when the lions used to be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. from a fantasy standpoint and um, you know usually a team that's that's a it's a, a lot of fun f- from a fantasy standpoint is not going to be very good from a real standpoint <laughs> so yeah. um, you know that it was inevitable it's it is inevitable that Bortles the reins are going to be pulled back on Bortles a little bit and you know it look if they can uh, establish a like a legit running game with Ivory and Yeldon there's there's no reason to think that they won't right yeah, I, I totally agree. Totally agree there. Um, so and, and Yeldon, for for the record, Yeldon's ADP has dropped quite a bit mm-hmm. since since that's happened. I've seen him go in the sixth round. I'd say I think is is where things are at now. Um, but before the the signing happened, he was going in the in the third and fourth round. Yeah, and I don't hate him in the sixth at all. No, I think it's an interesting. You know, like I said, I think that he's become a, a very zero RBE type of running back. <laughs> if you're gonna go. Uh, yeah, that's very difficult to say. <laughs> if you're if you're gonna go wide receiver in the first five rounds, let's say, um, sure. Like I get I get a guy like Yeldon. I think there's a lot of guys kind of in that area that are perfect for for a zero RB strategy this year, like a Buck Allen in the eighth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeldon definitely kind of fits that bill. Yeah. So who who do you have? All right. So uh, the first one that I want to mention is kind of a combo, both in the same backfield. It's Matt Forte and Below Powell. Um, I think this, you know, it's kind of interesting that they that the Jets signed Bilal Powell uh, after getting Forte because I think when they got Forte, it was kind of a, a an assumption that he would be the three down back there, uh, and I, I still think he's going to get decent volume uh, in that offense. The problem though is obviously Bilal Powell's skill set kind of matches up with what Matt Forte has been so good at uh, throughout his career, and that's catching passes out of the backfield. Um, so with with Powell there, that kind of doesn't give Matt Forte the same kind of ceiling. I still think Forte's ADP is still fairly uh, reasonable. It's, you know, I, I got him in like the, I, I need to get some shares of him. So I got him in like the late fourth round in an MFL 10. Uh, but on fantasyfootballcalculator.com, he's in, going in the late second, which, you know, I, I can't I can't buy into that uh, at all for a lot of reasons. Uh, but but below Powell is, is really a guy that can, uh, you know, make his ceiling a lot smaller than what it has been over the last five years. Um, the other thing that's really interesting with this too 
is when you look at their contracts, mm-hmm. um, below Powell got a three-year deal for $11.25 million with $6 million guaranteed, okay? Uh, while Forte got three years for $12 million and $8 million guaranteed. Mm. So their contracts are nearly identical. Yeah. Uh, Forte obviously being favored there, but Forte is obviously also going to be the lead back in that system. But, I, you know, I don't think it's just, just some given that Matt Forte is... Um, is going to be this this fantasy monster. The the thing that's that I think is going to happen, and I think the reason that the Jets wanted Powell back, because Powell was rumored to a lot of like New England and Denver and, and these places that need more pass-catching running backs. Um, but the reason I think that the, the Jets got Powell back is because, do you remember last season, he was a, he was a savior for that running game in a way, because Chris Ivory started to become really, really inefficient down the stretch. Yeah. And uh, below Powell stepped in. He was essentially a better fantasy back than Chris Ivory was over the last like six weeks of the season. And I think, you know, you see that and then you look at an aging back and Matt Forte and you connect those dots and you're like, Hey, if Matt Forte wears down towards the end of the year, then we've got fresh legs from Powell and he already proved to us that he could do that. So I think from a football standpoint, that's why they got Powell, but from kind of like a schematic and like what they could do out of the backfield standpoint, it's a little strange because both of them are are premier pass catching backs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, right. I well, I I think uh, it's important to look at that contract part uh, of the you know uh, of the puzzle, uh, and and I th- I think that just name yeah name wise, I mean, where where's Forte going right now? Do you know? In drafts? Yeah. I mean, I t- you know I got him in the late fourth. Uh, he's gone in the fifth at times. I've seen him go in the late third. So it's it's kind of in that area where there's a lot of question marks at running back to begin with, like a like even like Dion Lewis or or even DeMarco, let's say, guys like that uh, that are going in that range, that's kind of where, where Matt Forte is just kind of being thrown into. Latavius Murray, yeah. uh, kind of Carlos Hyde. Uh, Carlos Hyde should be going higher than he is, I think. Uh, but, yeah, that's 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 kind of the this position that he's in. Don't you have to take Murray? I mean, that I don't. I mean, Murray over uh, over Forte. I yeah, I definitely would. Mur- Murray. So like I, the way that most of the MFL tens have gone, there's like a, a small group like a Murray and a Carlos Hyde and Lashawn McCoy. M- Lashawn McCoy is also criminally underrated. I think um, mm-hmm. they're all going in the early fourth, like at the three four turn, and then that next tier. It's not, I don't even know if you would consider it a tier to some people. But uh, that's where you get like the Forte, mm-hmm. Latavius Murray kind of guys, and and where you're getting a little bit questionable because you don't know like Forte. At least you know what his situation is going to be because I highly doubt the the Jets use any sort of equ- like strong strong equity on on the running back position. Um, but you know a guy like Latavius, I mean they the the Raiders have been have been linked to so many running backs this offseason already, and mm-hmm. they're already linked to getting uh, high, using a high-equity pick on a running back in the draft, like a Derrick Henry or something. So, like, and, like, Latavius Murray, guys, like, I know that he's kind of fun, um, and I think everyone kind of ties their memory of Latavius Murray to that Chiefs game. That 90-yard run. Yeah, that 90-yard run. Latavius Murray, though, guys, is really not that – like, he has not been that good. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't want to say he's not good because it's the running back position and we I, I burned myself uh, with, with Devontae Freeman last year doing that. Um, but Latavius Murray, man, he uh, – like, his success rate, his his yards – even his yards per carry, I mean, there's a lot of, of bad things that are, that are happening mm-hmm. for him. Uh, and, and, you know, it could be that there was a reason he was drafted later than what a lot of the metrics people wanted him to is because he's not as good. Right. 
yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And if he gets a lot of competition or any competition, it could be scary, man. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so my next guy, uh, would be Richard Matthews, uh, who went to the Titans. Um, and the, so the one thing that jumps out to me, uh, is a team that uses the term, uh, exotic smash mouth to describe its offensive philosophy, which sounds to me, uh, what if you were to say that phrase to your wife, what do you think she would, how do you think she would react? Well, I would think that she, I, she would think that I've been on some strange, uh, websites, (laughs) right? Uh, you know, like, you know, that maybe, uh, that she needs to check my, my, uh, Google history or something. Sure. Sure. Um, so exotic and also exotic smash mouth is the name of my cover band. Um, yes, so absolutely. We're playing yeah. on Friday at nine o'clock if anybody wants to see, but, um, uh, exotic smash mouth to me sounds like someone saying, uh, we are going to be find very creative ways to gain five yards on first down. Right. You know, that, that's, that's sort of the, sort of what it sounds like. So I, I'm not, uh, not bullish. Uh, I, I really like Mariota by the way, just long-term. Um, I think that he needs to get out from under. I, be- I believe this on system. this. I believe on this podcast last year, you said you would take him over Andrew Luck. At, oh, you mean real football wise? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. I'm. I uh, you 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 love some Marcus Mariota. I do. I maybe too much, but he. So it's not. It's not really about him. It's just about that team and the system. Also, uh, I I looked it up uh, just before the show. Uh, Tennessee passed 62% of the time, uh, 62% yeah. of their offensive plays, which was 11th most in the NFL last year. Uh, I think, uh, obviously, that that was dictated by um, horrible game script gone awry because the team just overall was very bad, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that was by design, and I don't think that the goal of a team that preaches running uh, that 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 spent a lot of money bringing in DeMarco Murray uh, that, you know, conceivably has a decent offensive line uh, t- that talks about the running game. I don't think that they're looking to uh, to have a 62-38 split on passes and runs. I would guess that they would like to be, you know, probably near the bottom of the league as far as percentage of pass plays. I, so, Matthews, I just I don't you know, he'll have some usefulness. I'm just I'm just not going to be targeting targeting him even even in the late rounds I don't think. Yeah, I mean I just like looking at some of the projections that I made for from a volume standpoint and that offense. It's just there's so many mouths to feed. Like you have a guy like Kendall Wright, you have Doriel Green Beckham, which he has breakout. I mean we we know that he has a crazy ceiling. So what happens if he actually breaks out and demands more targets? Right. Um, and then you still have guys like like you know depth guys like Justin Hunter and Harry Douglas. And then to go along with that, you have one of the best pass catching tight ends in Delaney Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you have someone like Dexter McCluster who can do a lot uh, out of the backfield. And then DeMarco himself is going to need to catch passes as well. So there's just, there's, there's just a lot of, a lot of guys there even. So right now, even if Rashard Matthews were to get say 15% of the, of the market share in that offense, which is, which is probably a little optimistic. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking at about 80 targets. At, at, at a, at a max. Um, so, and if they do become more run heavy, mm-hmm. uh, as they're saying they are, that's, that's essentially looking at the team and them being slightly more run heavy than they were last season. Um, if they do become even more run heavy, then obviously he's not going to see as much volume. It's just a shame because he was such a, an interesting name. Yeah. You know, I was so, I, 
when Richard Matthews is like sort of breaking out, now I don't want to say like he was like this stud in fantasy, but you know, he's a solid wide receiver, low end two, high end three. Um, I, I was just not, not about it. Like I, I just didn't think that it was a real thing, but I, I do think that Richard Matthews has, has some talent and it was a little disheartening to see him go to a place like Tennessee instead of say new England. Exactly. Oh man. I wanted him. Yes. Yes. It'd be amazing. If he exactly. Yeah. So yeah, not, not really bullish on him, but you know what? I, he's, I feel like he's the guy kind of guy who could, if the Titans stink again, if they're passing 60, 62% of the time, even, even more, maybe if Mariota is healthy and if there are some injuries to that receiving, uh, receiving group, then I could see him emerging, but that's, I just, I just listed like seven ifs. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, next guy I want to talk about that, that took a, a little hit this off season. I think it's actually a big hit considering what could have been, uh, is Charles Sims. So, you know, looking back at Sims rookie year, he was not very good, but we have to remember that he was hurt, uh, coming off that injury. I think it was like a foot injury. Um, but obviously things got a little bad for him when Doug Martin resigned with the Buccaneers and Doug Martin's going to demand a ton of carries in that offense. Uh, Sims, you know, like I said, he wasn't that good uh, during during his rookie year, but last season on his touches, he had a very high success rate, which is something that I'd love to look at uh, with the running back position because you can see how consistent these guys are run to run as opposed to our yards per carry average, which is going to, to be skewed, especially with a guy like Sims who's not seeing 300 carries. Um, you, you can, it, where one run can really skew his results. Uh, he was very consistent play to play. You know, he had 70 targets last year, um, which I, I think more so than anything else, just the fact that he's a pass catching back, that's going to hurt Martin and vice versa because Martin's going to steal carries from Sims. Um, but again, I think that his upside really comes if Martin gets hurt, uh, which is why he's just another zero RB guy where you can throw him in your lineup perhaps the early season uh, and get a, a reasonable floor each week, especially in a PPR league. Um, just to to have those three or four catches a game, uh, but he's really not going to be an RB one until uh, even even his weekly ceiling won't be close to an RB one right. per se um, until a guy like Doug Martin gets hurt. So the reason why obviously we we're so optimistic or would be so optimistic is if Doug Martin wasn't there, Charles Sims is the lead back. They'd have to draft someone perhaps for competition, and that means that Sims would probably be first on the depth chart going into the season next year in a young offense with a, a good quarterback, good wide receivers. It would have been a really good situation. But now, my projections, I got him at 102 carries and 77 targets, which is fine, but it's not even close to where he could have been. Yeah, it, it, it's disappointing, I think, for Charles Sims truthers everywhere. I think that's... I agree. Yeah, for and, sure. I, I didn't, I honestly didn't become, I, I didn't like Charles Sims year one, but uh, last year he looked really good. Uh, I, I kind of, I started to become a little, a believer. Really? A little bit. Yeah. And, and like looking back at what he did last season, I, I was getting a little excited. I took, uh, I took some swings uh, earlier than I should have in MFL tens, but you know, what are you going to do? Man, I don't know. I, I, uh, I guess I haven't really looked at his numbers too much. He, he just, just, you know, I look. I don't base anything uh, uh, my decisions on what I see on TV. But he looks like like this enormous, like clumsy runner to me. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I just I feel like every time he catches the ball, he you know what he looks like Keith Byers to me. That's what he looks like. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on. Um, All right, next guy. 
Ruben Randall. Uh, and um, look, I know this is going to get me, uh, you know, uninvited to uh, this Sunday's Ruben Randall Truthers Convention. Um, yes. And I'm sorry, I was I was actually a scheduled speaker uh, for for that convention. Uh, and uh, but I'm gonna have to go go out on a limb and say that I I feel similar uh, about Randall as I do about um, Matthews in Tennessee. I think there's there are obviously scenarios uh, in which Ruben Re- Randall can can emerge as some sort of fantasy relevant person uh, th- this season. Um, he seems like just from a narrative standpoint, uh, anytime that the Giants lit a fire under him, when you saw reports of Ruben Randall's about to be cut or traded or he's in the doghouse, he would sometimes emerge and have these incredible streaks. Do you remember that streak he had at the end of 2014? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think two or three games where he lit the world on fire and, and then, you know, he went right back to just being, being a guy. I think he was not even a starter for, for a good chunk of last season. I think that he lost his job basically. So I just, I don't know. I don't see any reason to be super bullish on him saying that I, I, well, I actually uh, got him on the cheap in a dynasty league just because I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to believe that he's like, he's twenty four years old. He's twenty. I know it's crazy, and he had he had eight touchdowns last year. Right, and I just I refuse to believe that he is not going to ever emerge. And you know what? I thought the same thing about a lot of big receivers that fit his mold. But I guess uh, I guess I'm just I'm just going to keep banking on him for for a little while longer. Also, I think when you're looking at at, at uh, the Eagles' offense, you have to just trim away so much of that volume that yeah. um, that players benefited from. Uh, and you know, we can talk about this another time. But Zach Ertz is a guy who will um, whose prospects will be hurt by um, the the lack of volume now that you know Chip Kelly is not there and they're not going to be near the top of the league or at the top of the league um, in you know plays per game. So. Uh, you know that's something to it has something to look at in all of your of your evaluations of all the Eagles players this year. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you look at the the wide receiver depth chart. There's just a lot of again, it's kind of like a Tennessee situation where there's not. I mean, J Matt's J Matt's better than than any wide receiver on either team. But you look at those depth charts and you're just like, there's a lot of meh on these depth charts, but those guys are going that the meh is going to be fed meh targets, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just the, the, the mouths need to be fed. Uh, right. But the thing with Randall, that was interesting. Actually, I was, I'm doing a, um, I did a wide receiver study on just the touchdown regression, essentially looking at net expected points versus touchdowns and seeing mm-hmm. which guys overproduced and underproduced in the touchdown column last year, Randall came out as one of the top guys that should have scored more touchdowns. And then this year, he came out as one of the top guys that should have scored fewer touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So he just completely overcorrected. That's just, it's fun because it's math. <laughs> it's fun. That's, <laughs> that's our, that's, we should have a t-shirt. It's fun because it's math. It's fun because it's math. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with Randall. The, the last thing uh, that I want to touch on uh, is the Baltimore tight end situation. I feel like we can't get through a podcast without talking about this. right? Because not only that, Denny, but Dennis Pitta, he restructured his contract yesterday. I, oh, what's going on? Yeah, I, yeah. They, they, they apparently have faith in what he's what he's doing. 
Um, so, but the thing is, so, you know, if you were excited about Max Williams this season, um, then you're probably, you're probably in the shower crying and still are, uh, because that, that tight end depth chart is out of control deep. It is. Um, I know. Yeah. It, it's the, the, the Ravens offense actually, like it's, it's, it's oddly intriguing in terms from a real football standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have, if Perriman's healthy. You have Mike Wallace there now. Steve Smith's coming back. I don't think Steve Smith's going to be close to what he was because no one really comes back from that injury, mm-hmm. uh, except for Demarius did, but he was also not 104 years old. He was 20 or 21. Right, right. just doesn't happen. Um, no running back has ever come back from that injury, actually, mm, ever, good. which is why Arian Foster, who, who also had that Achilles injury, I just can't touch in MFL tons and such. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... You know, you got Steve Smith there. You got Kamari Aiken was was relatively decent last season. Uh, and then you have these tight ends. You got Crockett Gilmore and Max Williams were already there. If Dennis Pitta is any sort of a thing, that's just more depth for them. And then they signed Ben Watson. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? That, that's a, that To me, that's such a dumb thing, right? I mean, what Ben Watson is totally replaceable. You're, you're telling me that Crockett Gilmore... Is Gilmore on the roster? He is, yeah, right? Yeah, Gilmore's there. So so Gilmore, what, he can't do what Ben Watson can do? Now, okay, I'm talking about in the passing game, I guess, because I don't know about their blocking. But sure. come on. I mean, Watson has... Well, they, they went out and sought Ben Watson. That's the crazy right. thing. Like, they, they really wanted Ben Watson. That's such a garbage thing. That's like... You know what? They, the Ravens became the desperate person in your league who just just is absolutely hungry for a tight end, and and the person saw a tight end catch like six passes the week before, you know, and right. so no matter what's happening, we got to get that guy, right? right. So they they're they're the hungry waiver wire person in your league. That's 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 what happened. I mean, he has one outlier season. He's forty four years old. And they sign him. That that makes no sense. There's just a lot of it's. There's a lot of like the Ravens' offense could be horrible next season, but it could also be really, really good. Who else do they have at receiver besides? They have Aiken, Smith, Perriman, and Wallace. Perriman and Wallace. Which, which I mean, none of those. I mean, like Smith and Wallace both are just like like they they could be nothing next season, right? Because Mike Wallace is not very good. Uh, but you don't. You it's just it's intriguing, just because of of Flacco and what he can do with his arm. And if they stretch things vertically, they have those tight ends that they can keep back. It's just it, to me. And then not only that, if like you have question marks in the backfield, but that backfield is still deep. Like it still has guys mm-hmm. that, that are capable. It's uh, just, a, it's a lot of intrigue, I think in that offense. So what, what are we, are we setting the uh, Mike Wallace 50 plus yard touchdowns against Pittsburgh? We're setting that at 2.5. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- we're talking about the first time they play each other, right? <laughs> just the first game. <laughs> just, 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 just the first game yeah. that they play. Yeah, it's gonna, it's narrative street's gonna be out of control that week. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, he's gonna have like like ninety two percent ownership on every uh, site. It's amazing. I don't know if people remember this, um, but when the Steelers got rid of Mike Wallace, because there was a big the, the big contract talks and him not like budging on what he wanted. That's when the Steelers locked down Antonio Brown for a five-year, like fifty million dollar contract or something like that. Yeah. And when they signed Antonio Brown, it was like, what are they doing? Like, like everyone, everyone was so confused because Brown hadn't had like that season yet, right? Mm-hmm. And and they signed him. They let Mike Wallace go, and now it's just crazy how things how things worked out. I think 
you know, like everyone's like, oh, the Steelers are so savvy with with what they do. But I also think that they're incredibly lucky at times as well. Because uh, like you can't you can't you can't look at Antonio Brown then and say, yeah, he's going to be the best wide receiver in the league. Oh, I don't know if anybody thought that. Yeah, I right, mean, right. It's impossible. There's there's so much luck involved with something like that. Right. Um. Uh. But you know, with I mean, Wallace was. Uh. I mean, he has not been good on in any by any measure. Since, oh, he's been he's been atrocious. Since, and it, yeah. How awful was that fit with Teddy? Like, it's just oh. it, it, like come on. Like, it's just it, it's so bad. He he's got issues between the ears. Like, it, there's just a lot of reasons why he could not pan out in Baltimore. But I, there's there's this non-zero chance that that he's something. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. I, yeah, but that that fit in Minnesota. Yeah, let let's let's give the um uh the the diva deep threat who just runs in a straight line and doesn't want to do anything else. Uh, uh let let's let's pair him with the pop gun arm quarterback. Yeah. Um, who throw who only throws at seven yards from the line of scrimmage. I mean, All right? It, it's it's a it was not not good, but. That does it overall. Those six guys. Do you have any any parting thoughts? Any any anything you want to say? If we want to revert back to, well, let me say the application stuff. Uh, we're not we're not gonna look at any more past Friday, uh, April fifteenth. Which I sent that on the the living the stream account, and there was a hilarious tweet back that was like, "You guys would would choose tax day because <laughs> because it's such a dad day to choose wait wait tax day is the 18th for- yeah well it's the 18th this year yeah so well oh oh but they're saying just traditionally just traditionally yeah oh that is a super dad yeah oh, you know what here's here's how i know that i'm a dad and i'm dead inside um i uh started a conversation with my brother-in-law today with the following hey hey man did you do your taxes <laughs> As soon as I said it, I was like, "God, what is wrong with me? Like, what is, are you really that far gone?" Yeah, I mean, I'm 32, going on you know 58 right now. It's it's just it's it, who who says it? Have you done your taxes? And the, here's how the conversation went. Yeah, yeah, I did them. Oh yeah, yeah, I did too. Okay, that is there anything else? No. Okay. Oh, that's incredible. And then he, he talked about you know the cat the Capitals uh, playing hockey of some sort tonight with the playoffs and I was like, no, please stop. Please stop. God. Don't. Right. Talk, talk about now. Now tell me about your new balance shoes. Yeah. You talk, let's, let's your, go your back white to, new balances. Let's go back to taxes. Can you talk about your, uh, you know, mortgage credit or something? You know, I mean, can you, can we talk about that? I've noticed that every time we have people over to grill or whatever, we just have friends over. There's at least two conversations about grass. Oh, well, wow. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's convos about grass, man. And like, we got to keep care of our grass in North Carolina because the sun is so freaking hot sometimes. Right, and it's tough. There's always grass combos. Right, and it shows it shows what a square you are that none of that grass conversation is centered around pot. So exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. So when people first heard that, they're like, "Oh my god, they're getting deep here." Right. It's like, nope, nope. We're talking about fertilizer and going to Lowe's to get it. That's that's what we're talking about. Right. The only the only way we're getting altered is by drinking a Coors Light on our riding mower. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh man, I really threw you guys for a loop with that. Yeah, sorry. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> um, so on the next podcast, uh, I think that we we will we'll announce who will be in the league. Okay, because we have we will have all the applications by that point, um, and we will read some of the best answers that we've gotten. I think that we could dedicate an entire podcast to that. Uh, you know what? It's April, so I believe we can. 
Yeah, I mean, it's April. We got we we have a week in between until the drafts, right? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't planned this. We don't really need to talk talk about the draft until after the draft. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's have a let's have a live draft show and we can compare our mock drafts. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I actually I laugh so hard. Look, okay, I don't do mock drafts. I, I I look at I mean, I look at players and try to do analysis and stuff just to know what's going on and such. But I'm by no means a draft nick. A part of me laughed a lot uh, whenever the trade went down today, just because everyone's mock drafts were so screwed. Oh yeah, no. Well, and and except I, except for Chris Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth actually did a mock draft where he traded the Titans pick with the Rams pick. Well, wow. Yeah. Okay. Way to go. But by the way, I just made fun of people who do mock drafts when I in July I'm I'm doing mock drafts, you know, by myself with with <laughs> with strangers, and I'm and I'm like I'm like like hitting myself. I'm like smacking the couch every time I get I get oh, yeah. robbed. Of, I mean, oh, like, go like, on. Realistically, without the people doing these mock drafts, like we would, we would struggle hard with what to expect and expectations. I'm, I'm merely saying this as like a, a horrible person by saying that I laughed a little bit about that trade. <laughs> horrible. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So anyway, from one nerd to another. Ha ha. Ha. Hello. Hello. Oh, we're gonna keep rolling this. We're gonna keep that on the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> people are gonna people are gonna hear silence and have no idea what the hell just happened. Wow. I uh, okay. Well, let's 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 do that then. This is you know what this is a professional podcast. Yeah, it's super professional. Uh, Denny, tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter. You can see all my good tweets um, <laughs> <laughs> at uh, at CD Carter thirteen and uh, check check out uh, DraftDayConsultants.com uh, if you get a chance uh, in the lead up to. The NFL draft. Uh, we have some some specials, some deals on dynasty uh, consultation. If you are interested, Denny, what'd you have for dinner tonight? Mm, good question. I had I had spaghetti with meat sauce. <laughs> just that's just spaghetti with meat sauce and and bread, bread. and uh, a seltzer. Oh, that's. That's exactly what I would expect you to eat tonight. How about you? Uh, I had some salmon. Oh, uh, hey, that's super plain too. Come on, give me a break. What? How is that plain? I love salmon. I eat salmon. I eat salmon all the time. I mean, what is it? Just, just, just plain salmon. Not, no. So we, so we got like, you know, how there's like, you ever hear like Blue Apron? No, I don't like know the that. the service that it's it's like a service that like it sends you like dinners for the for the week. Oh my and god, you're such a yuppie. No, listen, listen. We signed up for one of those services because someone gave it to us a week, like a free sample, basically. The same thing happened with Blue Apron where a friend of ours gave us uh, a week sample to, to use it and then we forgot to cancel and we just kept getting Blue Apron coming to our door all the time. We're like, shit, we got to cancel that. And then we just kept forgetting. But, but we had one of those. It's another brand. I can't remember what it is. And it was salmon and we just made salmon tonight. Well, hey, look at I you're going to make fun of my uh dinner. I'm going to make fun of yours. That's all. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> all right, I am JJ Zacharyson. You can find me on Twitter at late round QB. Uh if you need to find the three tweets that I said earlier tonight, the 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 three best tweets of my account uh to send to other people and show them how good my account is, I will I will send you that way. Otherwise, go check out uh numberfire.com. All the content that we're doing on there. Lots of stuff going on with the NBA playoffs. Obviously, baseball's happening. Even the NHL playoffs. I know Denny doesn't know what a hockey puck is, but I do. 
Go Penguins. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out Lakeground QB.